G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We all know that this year has been a tumultuous and difficult year here at home in Australia, but in the developing world, their story is worthy of exploring, especially those who work in factories. I'm talking about the factories that make our favourite brands of clothing. The early months of the pandemic saw like 50 million garment workers lose wages as Australian retail foot traffic fell by 71%. As clothing sales plummeted, fashion companies were forced to furlough staff and temporarily shut stores. When a global recession means decreasing sales and fashion companies fighting for survival, garment workers have faced severe risks – So an update today with Baptist World Aid Australia, who've been monitoring how global fashion companies have supported the most vulnerable workers as the pandemic took hold. Peter Keegan is Director of Advocacy at Baptist World Aid Australia. Peter, welcome along to 2020. Neil, it's great to be with you. Peter, you've been monitoring the developments over the past six months and there's been some successes and some shortcomings. Uh, Give us a little, in a nutshell, idea how those look. Yeah, Neil, as as you said in your introduction there, this has been a year that has impacted life in so many ways for so many of us and and particularly for those living in some of the most vulnerable communities in the world. Uh, In some parts of the world, we're, we're seeing estimates that poverty rates are likely to double as a result of COVID. And the people who are often amongst those most affected are those that are caught up in global supply chains. And so the fashion industry is is one that we've given really particular attention to and trying to understand how have workers been affected as COVID has, has unfolded throughout the year. And particularly, what has been the response of the brands that you and I are familiar with as we as we maybe walk through a shopping mall as, as restrictions have, have come down for most of us now or, or, or click online and go shopping there. It's an interesting story. It's a mixed story. Um, in terms of the worker impact, it, it was profound, particularly in those early months. We saw in countries like Bangladesh, over a million garment workers lose their job just in the space of a few weeks. And they sound like big numbers, but when you then break that down to think about what does that mean for those families, you see the very real and very human impact. Uh, in, in Bangladesh, again, we saw some evidence that amongst those garment workers who'd lost their jobs, A third of them said that their children had gone hungry for periods of time in the month of May because they no longer had the resources to provide for them. Uh, So it's it's coming right down to the very basic level of of food to eat for their children and their families. So what we did this year, uh, for many years now, we have worked on an ethical fashion report each year to to understand the actions of of Australian fashion brands, the ones that 
a familiar to all of us. This year we went out to 96 of the major fashion companies, Australian, New Zealand and some of the international brands that sell here, and asked them how they were responding to protect the rights of their workers. Uh, and so the, the encouraging news there is, is to say first up that 72% of those companies were able to show us some evidence of the response that they'd taken. So, so that's a really positive thing. 72% who had taken at least some positive steps for their workers. But still, more than half, that's 55%, had gaps in that response. Uh, so there were still many areas where the workers in their supply chains had been less vulnerable to the impacts of COVID. Peter, is that result better than you might have anticipated? And given that perhaps in the minds of listeners, the conditions that people are working under in the developing world, but 72% sounds like a pretty good result that there is some action taken to support workers. Yeah, well, we, we do want to start with that positive point because it, it's a year when everybody, including the fashion companies, have been under significant strain. So the fact that the vast majority have taken on some of that responsibility is something that we can stop and celebrate. And, and I think that's important to say. Uh, the reality, though, is that those gaps are still important. Um, the fact that more than half of the companies in either hadn't tackled any of the, the commitment areas that we'd outlined or had only done that in patchy ways means that many workers are still falling through the gaps. So, so we, we need to be able to hold the two together to say, well done to those who stood up and, and took some positive action for their workers. But hey, to everybody else and to us as consumers, there are still a significant number of areas and a lot of workers who have been less vulnerable through the crisis. As you say, there's a positive in there, but then there's still an awful lot of companies that have not been able to rise to those expectations. There is potential here, isn't there, that even over this past time with the pandemic, there is real potential for reversing all the hard work that's gone over a decade or so in progressing along these rights and conditions for workers in these factories. Yeah, you're right. And that's that's the risk. That's the risk that sits there for everybody who's living really close to the poverty line is that the, the impact of COVID will be the thing that throws them back underneath. Um, we know through this period for, for fashion companies, many have stepped up to the challenge. Uh, many have said, no, even in the midst of this crisis, this exposes what we stand for as a company. And so we're going to continue to invest in making our supply chain more ethical. We're going to continue to make sure we focus on on really understanding with transparency what's going on in our supply chain. Others have perhaps seen that as they've needed to cut their cloth in places that this has been one of the areas they haven't given t attention to and that's what really troubles us. Uh, the crisis has, has not been something that anybody would, would welcome but it does open up an opportunity as, as things are scrambled, as there's a need to reset the way business practices operate in many places, there's an opportunity there for companies to build back better. And so that's been a big part of the message that we've had throughout this year is that all of us have a responsibility to, to use this moment of disruption to look at how we improve what we're doing in our supply chains, to improve what we're doing in our own individual actions, uh, rather than for it to be a moment when things regress or slide backwards. Peter, can we take a moment to applaud those companies that have done well? Because your fashion report and your COVID fashion guide, which we'll talk about in just a few moments, it gives these brands a chance to learn from their industry colleagues. And so good to be able to talk about those that are doing well. 
What comes to mind is those companies that are at the top of your list that have really performed well in looking after their staff in these developing nations? Yeah, look, I, I probably won't name individual brands as such, but there's there's 43 companies representing many more brands uh, who were able to, to demonstrate across six key areas that we've outlined at the beginning of the year that they were taking positive steps. And those range from, from small fair trade brands that have made this the real explicit focus of their work through to large international companies uh, and, and all sorts of companies in between, including well-known Australian brands along the way. Uh, so, so your listeners can jump onto our website, that's baptistworldaid.org.au, and there you'll be able to find all of the brands. So I, I mentioned 96 companies before, but they represent over 420 different brands. Uh, so you can go through all of those 428 brands, I think it is, um, and see for yourself just exactly how they've rated. Okay, we'll keep that a little uh, mystery for now then for listeners to be able to download the list, which they'll be able to do either on a digital copy or on a hard copy. And how does this work for a consumer? You have access to the list of these fashion brands and when you're at the shopping centre, at the department store, uh, you can actually access information about the brand you're about to buy. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's exactly it. So alongside the report, we've also published a COVID fashion guide. And the COVID fashion guide helps you as a consumer to think about what's your responsibility in this whole process. How do you use your your dollars and your actions uh, to really encourage and drive further ethical progress in in what happens with the way our clothes are made? Uh, So you can, as you said, you can download an electronic version or you can order a a physical version from our website. Um, And within that, it gives you some of that guidance and it it gives you links back to the the website where you'll find all of those brands listed uh, and both their COVID response this year and some of the broader research that we've done on them over the last couple of years. When you say there are gaps and weaknesses in some of these brands as they haven't treated workers well, what do you do to hold these brands to account? Is there a special formula that you have that, that, that endeavours to put a little bit of pressure on there for treating workers well? You know, Neil, there's always a lot of things that, that are involved in seeing positive change happen, but I, the number one thing is, is pressure from us as consumers, and this is where we all have a role to play in saying to the brands that we love to wear and love to buy that what happens to their workers is important to us. The ways that they run their supply chain, the, the due diligence that they put in place to make sure that people are being treated well is something that's important to us. And we know that, that Australians in general are, are concerned about these issues. We did a piece of research about 12 months ago that showed 82% of us are concerned to see that the companies who, who we buy clothes from are taking care of the rights and the wages of workers in their supply chain. So the vast majority of us are really interested and concerned to see that companies act well. So what then falls to us to do is to put that pressure back onto the companies themselves, both through choosing to to prioritise the brands that have made this a real priority for them, uh, but also contacting other brands that we may love that perhaps haven't scored as well and saying to them that you're disappointed in in their lack of response and would love to see them continue to step up uh, the work that they do to improve the ethics of their supply chain. Peter, for listeners wanting to get a hold of the Fashion Guide, do they download that from your website? Where's the best place to access it? 
Yeah, absolutely. If you jump on our website, baptistworldaid.org.au, just on the front page there, you'll find a tile that you can click through and find links to the the full report that goes through all of the different things that we've been talking about today in terms of the responses of companies and also this guide that helps you as a consumer make your own strong ethical purchasing decisions. Okay, baptistworldaid.org.au and Baptist World Aid known for publishing the annual Ethical Fashion Report which grades clothing brands for their efforts to address worker exploitation and environmental degradation. And Peter Keegan is the Director of Advocacy at Baptist World Aid Australia. Peter, thank you so much for the update today on 2020. Neil, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.